Today's message is entitled Pressing Beyond Your Feelings. Pressing Beyond Your Feelings. Um, you really don't know how you're going to feel sometimes from one moment to the next, do you? Um, and, you know, one moment you can be stronger than what you thought you were capable of, and then the other moments you're like, man, I, I, I felt like I was okay, you know? And, and so I think that's what grief does to us. Um, I think it turns us upside down. But I think any of our brokenness is what leads us to a mutual openness. See, I, I'm, I'm a big believer on this. Until you've, um, feelings aren't a, a, a total bad thing. I think we have feelings so that we can be real and so that maybe we can be raw when necessary with someone else who's in a raw season. But um, the feelings can either lead you to God or they can lead you away from God. Uh, you, can get, you can get bitter, as I say, or you can get better as a result of something you, you're, you're going through. Today's um, message outline is very simple. I hope you'll keep along, write down these notes, um, particularly this first part that I'm going to share with you uh, that's entitled The Truth About Us. This is, this is sort of where this, this message um, birthed. And here's the truth about us. Number one, our hearts can deceive us. Our hearts can deceive us. Because listen, there's nothing good in your heart except that's of God. But there's a lot of you in your heart. And your heart can deceive you. Just, you know, y'all have heard it said before. Again, if, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Again, it's baloney. There's plenty of things that you may say, well, hey, this is going to make me feel so much better. But it may make you feel a whole lot worse tomorrow morning. You may be happy in the moment. And the heart might have led you to something. Again, it's the difference between um, following your gut versus your God. Sometimes you just have to go with God and totally ignore your gut. Listen, if I, if I paid attention to my gut, I, I, I wouldn't still be a minister 27 years later. I mean, I, um, I, I know it still always sounds bad, but I say it to keep being vulnerable with you and being transparent that um, if you gave me the option of, you know, whatever careers that I could possibly do. In my top three, pastor, it would be one of those that I wouldn't do. I would not do it. Wouldn't even think about it. And don't think, don't think that I'm bitter about that. I'm just trying to help you understand without the calling of God. Amen. I'm, listen, I'm going fishing more, all right? That's what I'd be doing, all right? I'd fish for a different kind of fish. And uh, Kevin, you have to show me how to catch some big catfish. I w Listen, how many things would you never do if you just went with your heart? How many things might you do if you went with your heart? And sometimes the heart, listen, has to follow the commitment. So your commitments, even to Christ, sometimes they don't feel easy. And you don't want to do it. And the heart's saying, hey, you know what? This isn't, this, this isn't going to help you right now. Or this, this is going to take you this, this direction, or this is going to take that. But the human heart, the scripture says, is very deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I spent a little bit of time on that, a little more, because I want you to understand. The Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have to guard our heart even to have the chance of guarding our mouth. 
Uh, I, I'm a, how many of you, you don't raise your hand because your spouse may start pointing at you. You're like me. You, you're a quick trigger person. Okay, the moment you think it, you say it. Okay? And um, uh, I, I, I guess sometimes it would be uh, better. You know, I always tell you about my 11-year-old. He says, um, Daddy, I'm about to give you a piece of your mind. Um, I'd rather give you a piece of your mind than a piece of my mind. Okay? So I might, I might have to take Asher up on that. But you need to understand, listen, the, the heart can lead you to do things and to say things that you don't need to say and you don't need to do. And you have to realize that the heart is constantly deceptive. A lot of people, the reason why they never find the perfect relationship is because they're looking for things to be perfect and there's not such a thing. But number two, our flesh can mislead us. Our flesh can mislead us. We call this sin, by the way. Sin is anything that, you, uh, that, that God says you shouldn't do, and yet you do it anyway. Sin is anything that you um, uh, should do, but you won't do. It's disobedience to God. We have a natural bent towards sin. So our sinful nature, our flesh, oftentimes it will mislead us away from God's best for us. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. How many of you, you can identify with that? You have a willingness, but you're working it out sometimes just doesn't happen because the sinful nature of the flesh gets in the way. And that's why, listen, you have to tune into the spirit. The spirit's leading in your life, which is the battery pack, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the thing that helps you accomplish and carry out God's will because within you, is nothing good. The only thing in you that's of God is the Spirit of God. But you still fight with that flesh. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. By the way, that's letting the Spirit drive instead of your flesh drive. Verse 17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. I think you can identify with me whenever I say something like this to my wife. Listen, I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that to you. I'm sorry I didn't mean to, to say that to you. Well, I, I, I may have said what I said, but I didn't mean for it to do what it did. But the flesh leads you to do things and to say things that you otherwise wouldn't want to say. Thirdly, our feelings can deflate us. Here's the thing you need to capture today. Our feelings can deflate us. In fact, you can put out to the right of that, um, our feelings can defeat us. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Listen, too often we allow our feelings to dictate our faith when Christ calls us to rely on our faith and not on our feelings. Listen, in God's hands, feelings can be an instrument for God's glory. But in our hands, feelings will deceive us, they will mislead us, they will deflate us, and if we just continue on, they will defeat us. Letter B, I want you to see the Christian life and what it is about, but what it's not about. Listen, the Christian life is not about finding confidence in ourself. The Christian life is not about finding confidence in ourselves. 
Now, two messages ago, we spent a little bit of time on talking about the fact that salvation doesn't come from us. It strength doesn't come from us. The ability to persevere, by the way, that's the very deal about pressing forward. It's learning how to persevere no matter what life throws your way. That's why God's always trying to build your faith through trials. He allows you to have a little trial here. Um, I mean, take our kids, for instance. How many of you know that our kids, they have no idea the challenges just keep growing until they keep getting older? And listen, that's why you don't have certain trials in your life in certain seasons because God knows what you can handle now might not be all that you can handle later. But you've got to go through through the little steps to be able to be prepared for the next. The ability to persevere through life's ups and downs doesn't come from us. It comes from Christ within us. Listen, by grace through faith in Christ, the Bible says we are saved from hell. We are bound for heaven. When Jesus Christ saves us, there's something else happens though. And that is the scripture says he changes us from the inside out. He makes us not who we used to be, even though we might look the same way, still have the same hair color, still have the same eyes, still have the same job. He changes us from the inside out. You know how? He changes our hearts. He changes our hearts. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Look at Philippians 1, 6. Talks about this confidence in Christ. It says, be confident of this, that he, not you, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Something for you to realize is you'll never arrive. You're always a God work in progress. I spent a lot of my years in ministry thinking, hey, I could arrive to a certain point. Ultimately, I came right back to where I am now. Craig, just relax. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be right where you are. Listen, a blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ, they can be confident in what Christ has done for them on the cross and overcoming the grave, what Christ is doing in your life presently, and what he will do for them. 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 6 says, Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers. By the way, every believer in Jesus Christ, you're a minister. Because God is wanting to minister through you, pointing people, loving, lifting, and leading people to Christ. We didn't come up with that vision. We didn't come up with this vision. Love God, love people, lift Jesus and everything, lead others to the cross. You know why we say lead? Because you can't push anybody to the cross. That's a memo you need to understand. You can't make anybody do anything. Did God force his way on you? No. He calls you to surrender, but he doesn't make you surrender. It's a free country, but also he gives you a free choice. Listen, when God calls you to something, you can be confident that he will enable you He will equip you, and he will help you accomplish the mission to hand. I oftentimes, when I lack confidence, which is often, morning and night, pretty much every day of my life, there's times that I lack confidence, and definitely as a minister. But I've learned over time that the pressure's not supposed to be on me. The confidence is not supposed to be in me. It's supposed to be in the God who called me. So when, I, when I'm sure of my calling, this is why it matters that you go, hey, am I the right place, being the right person, living out the right purpose that God would have me to be? 
You can have confidence when you're seeking to take the next right God-led step, but you're also seeking to do that God's way. That is what has the confidence. That's where my confidence comes from, is I'm like, listen, to the best of my ability, like today, I have extreme confidence about this message, not because of anything I put together, but because I know that I sought God and, and I, 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 I listened. I don't mind wasting four days of study to find the message that God would have me to share because his stuff is always better than my stuff. It produces different results. You know, the Bible says that the... Um, the, the, uh, the prayers of the righteous are both powerful and effective. Righteous doesn't mean perfect. It does mean covered. It does mean forgiven. I believe it means rightness with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, when you make things right with him, it's, it's, you can be confident that you're on the right track. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. I want you to look at number two. The Christian life is not about us finding peace in this world. The Christian life is not about us finding peace in this world. Notice what Jesus says. Two, two different things he informs us about. A, 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 a pro and a kind. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. So Jesus says, hey, you can have peace in me, but here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The reason why people as they get older should be wiser, because you've seen more of life's realities. You've seen more the need for Jesus. Maybe in your younger days you were like, hey, you know what? I don't have to lean on him as much. And then you realize what Brother Jason was sharing as the more high mileage on rough roads you get, like my granddad said before he passed, the more, the more you've seen things, the more you see that, hey, the Bible's right. This, this world's full of trials and sorrows. I've got to cling to the Savior. Listen, in a world full of chaos, we have to cling to Jesus for peace. I want you to look at the rest of that scripture. It says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Listen, there's nothing, you can write this down, there's nothing you will face or you are facing that Christ can't help you overcome and that Christ has not overcome. It may, it may feel like it defines you right now, but Christ wants to use it to refine you. You ever notice God uses the darkest, most difficult days to get you to the cross? Listen, in a world full of chaos, we have to cling to Jesus for peace. In a world full of change, we have to cling to Jesus. The, the, the one that the scripture says is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In a world full of trials, we have to cling to Jesus for peace. How many of you know when you're in a, when you're in a dark, dark season, maybe in the pit of depression or confusion or just pain, you have to cling to God for peace. Now, again, you can, you can try um, Tim McGraw, his famous song, um, Drugs or Jesus. There's a lot of truth to that. You'll find one of the two, I can guarantee you this. Today, there'll be plenty of people. Let's just say it the way it is. There'll be plenty of people today tore up. Why? Because they're trying to fill a hole that only God can. Now, here's the problem at the bar. It's just going to fill it for a moment. It's just going to drown it. It's just going to make you forget where you are. 
But peace, lasting peace, it doesn't come in this world. It comes in Christ. Not what you've done, but what he's done. Not what you can do, but what he can do. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Listen, the world gives a momentary peace. It's so, you, you, ever, you ever just find it that the American dream at last a second at best? Most people, they are seeking the American dream, not realizing that the American dream as most pursue it is the American nightmare. It's only going to lead them to losing everything that really matters. And at the end of their life, regretting the way that they live their life. But thirdly, the Christian life is not about us finding hope in our circumstances. The Christian life is not about us finding hope in our circumstances. You can write this down. Hope is, is found in our Savior, not our situation. Our hope is found in our Savior, not in our situation. Anytime you start evaluating and weighing out whether or not you can have confidence going forward and you're only dictating that confidence based on your situation, you'll be extremely low. In fact, you can get dangerously low. Think about it. Listen, if all, your, if all of your hope was hinged on your circumstances, we'd all be staying tore up. We would all have to just keep numbing the pain. The hope's not in the situation. The hope is in the Savior. Romans 8, 35 through 37 says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we are having trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry, destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, whatever these things that are coming in your life, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Hebrews 6, 19 says, This certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtain of heaven. Listen, Christ connects you to your heavenly Father, giving you an eternal relationship that you can always rest on. Even if you try to push him away, he won't let go of you. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. Even death itself can't defeat you. You ever think about this for the believer? Death is just graduation. It's the ultimate graduation. That doesn't mean that God gave you permission to take your life. God would never lead someone to take their life. By the way, the majority of people who do take their life, I've, I've preached a lot of suicide funerals. The majority of people who do take their life, uh, they were under the influence of something. The majority. Why, why do I say that? Well, first of all, nobody in their right mind is going to do that to themselves. Okay? So, so you, you know, you get something in you that, again, wasn't the step that God has for you. It sort of distorts your thinking. Had a... Um, had a, had, a, had a gentleman that I was taking care of for a good while uh, with hospice and um, very, very devout Christian believer in, in, in Christ. And, and uh, it shocked the fool out of me when 2, 3 in the morning, he, he, he blew his brains out. And the thing is, um, he, he, I, medication, medication. Again, listen, sometimes we, listen, when we, when we can't find peace, we try to medicate. You know why? Because we can't overcome the stuff that's facing us in ourselves. It's not possible. 
You won't just need it. Listen, if you, if you rely on, on um, uh, medications, all that'll keep happening is you have to keep having more. Uh, with all my back surgeries and stuff, trust me, I know a lot about medication. I take one-third of the medication I took two and a half years ago um, I, I, on Sundays. I used to have to just load up with caffeine, sometimes three, four cups of coffee and uh, two um, small uh, Red Bulls just to look at you and preach. Most people didn't know that. I'm just sitting there like, you know. But I wasn't trying to medicate to drown out anything. I was just trying to medicate to overcome my pain. But you can transfer that over to um, emotional and feelings. Listen, you get all up in your feelings, the devil will get all up in your business. I want you to look at this last thing here. It's kind of where we got to go with things to overcome our feelings. God calls every believer in Christ, number one, to walk with him by faith. We're called to walk with him by faith. God doesn't want you to have a religion. God is calling you to a relationship with him. Jesus calls us to a total life of surrender. Here's the problem. If you don't, if you don't realize that, that, that the beginning of your best life is total surrender of your life to Christ. Nothing else you do will get you where you want to go. It's like, it's like playing baseball. Some of you fellas and others, you, you, you play baseball. Yeah, another baseball player back there. Don't you have to touch first base before you go to second base? Right. First base is Jesus come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Listen, plenty of people want to call him Savior, but few call him Lord, and that's why their faith never leaves the ground. Your confession as a believer in Jesus Christ is not just about him saving your soul. It's about you surrendering your life. Jesus called us to this. Look at Luke 9, 23. It says, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. It's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. And by the way, that's a, that's a challenge for all of us. Because we, be, we get back home or we get back to work or we deal with this or that. It's just tough. It's just tough. Plenty of times I'm not totally thinking as in tune as I am to you right now. Listen, following Jesus is always a faith journey. Because it's impossible to follow Jesus and to please God without faith. Listen, you can't follow Jesus without giving up your own way and even denying your own feelings. Jesus would have never made it to the cross if he allowed feelings to lead him there. He had faith in God's plans. Listen, it's not by our human perception of things that, that we keep the faith. It's by us keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by relying on our faith, not our feelings. By relying on our faith, not our sight. Listen, we're told in Scripture, walk by faith, not by sight. I know last week, Brother Leafen, uh, our international pastor, he talked with all of you uh, of how to find rest in Jesus. None of us can find rest or keep rest in Jesus without keeping our eyes and our faith fixed on Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, in the Message Bible, Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Listen, when you do it God's way, the reason why things then no longer rest on you is because you're resting on Him. Do you see the difference? 
instead of letting things rest on you. That's why I tell you, this is what I do. I, 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 have, pra- I have prayer requests come to me by the millisecond, okay? Used to, that wasn't always the case in my ministry, but I, I've, I've reached a point to where um, sometimes I hear and know about so many things in one given day, it was too much for me. In fact, I've had times before it took me completely down, especially with my neurological condition. And what I've learned is the moment it comes to me, I turn it to him. I mean the moment. Now, some things are a steady prayer. You know what I'm saying? You've got to keep praying through the season. But I'm saying the moment it comes to you, you put your faith in Christ by saying, hey, take this. It's too big for me. Take this. I don't know what to do here. Take this or else I'm going to sink. Hebrews 11:6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Jesus implies that if you are praying and seeking God's will, the best is yet to come. And anything, the Bible says, is possible with faith. I want to make sure I say this. It's not a matter of you just go out and you can say, well, God, I want this to happen, so I'm going to pray for that to happen. There's one little clause here in this, and that is you have to pray for his will. My, um, I, I, again, I've just asked God to, to, to take any little moments when God might want to say something. My 11-year-old, um, he did not see his granddad like all the rest of my older boys, my 21, 19, and 17-year-old and others. They, he did not see my dad in his last days. We just decided that it was just, um, it was just best that he didn't. And um, anyhow, I had said prior to my dad's passing that one of the struggles that I felt like my son may end up having is he had never prayed a prayer before that he didn't see answered his way, okay? Asher's seen a lot of miracles. So when he was told on May 18th that his granddaddy had passed, he said, I'm not sad, I'm angry. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm not sad, I'm angry. And he said, just what I was thinking was going to be the point of crisis for his faith, and that is, um, he said, that isn't what I asked God to do. That isn't what I asked God to do. You think about that. How many times do you, you ask God to do what you want him to do? And he asks you to trust him for what he wants you to do. Sometimes we have a battle of wills. Again, that's why you have to surrender your will. That's why you have to surrender your will. I've told you before. I could have, I, I, I could have 100 churches call me right now with any dollar figure and anything else, and they couldn't pry me out of Walterboro. Why? Because my faith is fixed on God's will, not me dictating that. A lot of people, they write their own script and then ask God to bless it. You have to pray God's will, and you have to trust God's will. Once you write that down, you have to pray God's will, and you have to trust God's will. But you need to know this. God's will is bigger than your plans. I keep praying God's will. You keep praying God's will, and you keep trusting God by faith. Because listen, if you don't trust him by faith, you won't get much God-sized accomplished. You can't accomplish anything God-sized without faith in a great God. 
Look at Matthew 17, 20. It says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Listen, I'm believing in God's possible, even with things that I believe are impossible. All the things that I ever tell you that I foresee God doing, I foresee them by faith. When we started this church, and it was just me and my wife and a vision, we trusted God by faith to say, hey, we're going to go rent out that rec center, and we're just going to trust you. I was, I was three months into it, and Brother Ronald can tell you, I wasn't seeing no results, was I? We, we, listen, we were literally claiming the two or more gathered in his name, there I am. Okay, our youth group and children's group was my children. I say that because he can tell you I got discouraged. But I was also real tired because I was seeing 25, 30 hospice patients a week at that time. And he said, Brother Craig, I'll do anything to help you if you'll just, just, just please keep doing it because I know Walter Burrell needs this. Well, I had had faith. Sometimes you need encouragement along the way Amen. in your own faith. But I want you to understand, we wouldn't be looking at each other if I didn't take and you didn't take the next right step. That's how we get the right way. Listen, anything we pray for and we seek to do, that is God's will, it's always possible by faith. Look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Again, that, that flesh. And let us run with endurance. That is a pressing forward. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility your Savior endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up. Listen, I want to say something to you. If you believe that what you're doing or what you're pursuing is God's will, don't give up. Keep the faith and expect the results. You don't want to come to God uh, telling him, you know, or just out of a, a, a spirit of obligation. I don't pray about things because I'm obligated to pray. I go and pray about things so that I can have expectations of things. That, hey, I put this in God's hands, so it's going to be all right. I put this in God's hands, so it's going to go somewhere. Secondly, we demonstrate our faith in Christ by trusting in Him completely. God calls every believer in Christ to trust in Him completely. Not in our understanding and our perception or our feelings about His will. Not in our gut, but in our God. John 14, 1, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Listen, we're not only able to trust Jesus with the next life, we're able to trust him in this life. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The reason why a lot of times, sometimes we feel peace and sometimes we don't, because this, sometimes we're trusting our God, most of the time we're trusting our gut. 
And so you see that tug of war. You're going to face that until you, until you go home. So you always have to make sure, you know, is this God or is it just my gut? Is it what I think and I perceive of things? Listen, your faith cannot be about what you see or what you think because the heart is deceptive. The emotions are misleading. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, But blessed are all who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So listen, that is where your hope comes from. That is where your confidence in life comes from. Because I, I'll just say it. Life's, life's just going to get harder and harder. This world is crazy. God is good, but people are crazy. God is still able, but this world is very, very upside down. And I think for those who do not stand firm in their faith, you are going to be shaken, and you will be a victim. You don't have to be, listen, by the way, you don't have to be a victim. In Christ, you can be a victor. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let's read this again, and then I'll read the rest of it. Listen to what it says, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It says, but blessed are, are, are all those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or are worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Let me tell you a little bit of a secret. My first goal when I wake up any day is not to be your pastor. It is to be God's soldier. My first thought is not, hey, what can I do for this person or that person? I have to make sure that God has a hold of me, that he's holding my heart, that he's grounding my life. I've had plenty of friends who are pastors that are no longer pastors because they were relying on the flesh. I've been there. I've had that happen. I've, I've experienced burnout. I've experienced major discouragement, disappointment, sadness, all of these things. But what I found is this. As long as my my knees are hardwired in prayer and in confidence in Christ, everything flourishes from that. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Everything in your life spills out of your relationship with God, your marriage, your parenting, your joy, your peace, your hope. Again, if the hope is dictative of how you feel or what you see on social media today, it's just going to be a roller coaster. Look at what Proverbs 3, 5 says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want you to say that first part with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding because it can deceive you. But thirdly, God calls every believer in Christ to press forward in Christ. We have to keep pressing forward in Christ. Listen, even through the adversity, the trials, the temptations, the emotions, don't give up just because things don't feel good. Again, it can be your lowest times that God is using to get you where you always hope to get. Listen, the Spirit of God living within us, it helps us to press forward. The Word of God. I want you to write some of these things down. I'm just going to give you some different things that help you press forward. The Spirit of God living within you, it helps you press forward. The Spirit of God living within you, it empowers you. The Word of God helps you to walk forward, to look forward. 
the mind of Christ, it helps us to move forward. The strength that we find in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That helps me step forward. The sacrifice of Christ and putting my faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it allows me to hope forward. Listen, only in Christ can I keep becoming all God wants me to be. Only in Christ can I overcome all that life throws at me. Only in Christ can I have confidence that God is at work. I can't remember right now the the exact um, scripture. I think it's James chapter 1 verse 2 where um, it says, take joy in your trials because God is, is, is building your endurance. God is building your faith. He, he, listen, God is doing something in the tough stuff. In fact, I would argue he's doing more. I think God does more when we're in the workshop. See, a lot of times we want to stay out in the workshop because we don't like it in the workshop because the workshop, workshop's not so fun. It doesn't feel great. We feel like we're imprisoned. But what if God's protecting you? What if God's rebuilding you? Some of you, you you've, you've, you've had that faint hardness uh, to where you know what it's like to just feel totally zapped, but you also know you aren't all that you want to be, but you aren't all you used to be. And so you, gotta, you, you can see that God is at work. Listen, we have to keep pressing forward beyond our feelings. If you allow your feelings to dictate your faith, most days you won't operate with faith. Look at Philippians 3, 12 through 16. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. By the way, I'm telling you, if you don't give God your past, you'll live hostage to it. It's meant to be a platform, not a playground. You can write that down because I never thought about that in my head. But the past, it's one thing to work through it. It's another thing to wallow in it. Christ forgave you of the past, by the way. Somebody needs to hear that today. Doesn't matter how bad it was. Doesn't matter how shameful it was. Doesn't matter how much you feel like, hey, it is absolutely smothered and covered you. And maybe you feel like, man, it's ruined you. No, I, I, I say probably without it, you don't get here. Amen. Without it, you don't get here. God wants you to use your pain as a platform, but not a playground. Verse 13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. By the way, you can't look forward to what's ahead when all you keep doing is looking back. Amen. Some of you just I, just, I just feel like that's your liberation today that you need to hear probably out of anything I've said. Let go because God's already forgiven it. Verse 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Some of you need to quit worrying about what you don't know, and you need to, be, you need to decide to live out what you already do know. That's what it means to live it out. Listen, some of y'all, you already know enough to be dangerous. Apply that. Maybe God doesn't want to give you any more information until he starts seeing a little more transformation. 
Apply what you know, do what you can, let God lead you step by step. Listen, if we keep pressing forward by faith, then at the end of this life, this journey called life, not only will we be richly blessed by God, but we will be able to see the hand of God. Look at what James 1.12 says. It says, blessed is the one who perseveres. Again, the one who keeps pressing on under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want you to bow your heads with me today. I'm just trusting that God spoke to you some way, somehow. But the main thing you need to hear today is you cannot walk and wallow in your feelings. You have to trust God by faith. You got to make sure that you don't rely in your own strength, your own perception, because all those things will take you down. Let me pray for you today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray for the person that is feeling the lowest right now that's listening to this. God, I lift them up to you. God, we all have our times. We all have our moments. Lord, you tell us, Lord, a a low spirit, an anxious heart weighs down a man. God, our emotions are real. Lord, but so is the power of God that we can find through Jesus Christ. God, I pray for that person who feels so low right now. God, I pray that they would, they would know that you will meet them right there where they are. They can ask your forgiveness for anything that they need to repent of and turn from and turn to you. And you'll forgive them. God, they can give you what they are so weary about. What they're so worked up about. What has been weighing on them so long. Lord, while we, while we take up our cross, Lord, we must rest in the cross. Lord God, I pray that each person right now that is, is, is listening, Lord, I pray that they would feel your peace. They would trust your, your purpose, your plan. And Lord, they would know that in Christ, the future is always bright. The hope is always certain. The hand is always there to hold, Lord. Help us to walk with you and listen to you and trust and obey you. I pray if there's anyone, Lord, that's not given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, I pray they would know, Lord, that God, you love the world so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins. Lord, so that we might be forgiven of sin, so that we might have the promise of eternal life. Lord, I pray that today, if that person who wants to give their heart and life to Christ, today would just say in their heart, Lord, God, I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died on that cross for my sin. And that after the third day of him being buried, Lord, he arose from that grave, overcoming death and sin for me. Jesus, please forgive me Come into my heart, be my Savior, be my Lord. I commit my life to you. Lord, I pray for that person right now that just needs to rededicate things. Lord, they've been trying to walk in their own strength and emotion instead of allowing you, Lord, to dictate their emotion. God, I pray as this altar is opened that each person would respond in a way that you would have them to, but most of all, Lord, that they would just run to you. They'd see your arms of love open wide where they can rest in you.
In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This altar is open.